Attention patriots, tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com. Katie Armor raised the standard. Finally, AR500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now, only at katiearmor.com, C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Come and take it. Adding to the disclaimer that opinions of a host and of a guest of any particular show shall not affect the radio network as a whole. We reserve all ability and freedom of speech from all participants involved, including callers, and if you're offended, tough shit. Thank you, Resolution Radio. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Now's your chance to get the last of the Resolution Radio Blood Teas. Only a few left available before we try to do a reorder. This has been a high-selling item, and we really appreciate everyone's support in getting this shirt and showing their pride as well as showing their heritage. Nothing counts more than blood. Get yours today from Resolution Radio. Only $25 plus $5 shipping and handling. It really helps the network improve, and you really get a great product to showcase what you truly believe in. Nothing counts more than blood. Only from Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Send check, money order, or well-concealed cash to Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. That's Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. You're listening to Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. Queen Elizabeth II died at the age of 96 this week of natural causes. During her reign, the longest in British history, from 1952 to 2022, the British Empire and Britain itself died of unnatural causes, and she said and did nothing to stop it. I don't want to insult the people, almost all of them white people, by the way, who in one of the most non-white cities in Europe, London, England, 
gathered to mourn her passing, and had gathered, just months ago, to celebrate her 70th year as queen. A monarchy, a real monarchy in contrast to a mere nominal monarchy, is a vastly superior type of government compared to the mass democracies that have been imposed on Britons and on all the peoples of the West. Those massive crowds of Aryans in London displayed a sound instinct in their veneration of the at least nominally blood-based institution of rule. But alas, this particular incarnation of that institution, as it so often is, was and is deeply, fatally flawed. No more blood-based rule, only ceremony and obscene wealth. No more blood-based anything, only implicit whiteness and fawning to Jews and other non-whites, a very few private statements to the contrary accepted. It is hard for me, and I imagine for any white man or woman with sound instincts, not to feel a certain emotion at the trappings of the great monarchies, the traditional garb, the magnificent ceremony, the inspiring architecture and music, the note of divine sanction, and in many cases the noble Aryan faces. But, like our democracy and almost all of the republics that replaced the monarchies, there is a disconnect. As kings and queens alike are corrupted and dance like marionettes of death to the Jews' diversity tune. Queen Elizabeth II did nothing and said nothing to halt or even slow the dispossession of the white people of Britain and Europe. I do not know if any among her family or her court urged her to do so. It is hard to believe that no one did, as the empire was dismantled, and then Britain herself was flooded with aliens. But none that I am aware of chose to speak up without her support, which was not forthcoming. Despite her restricted status as a largely ceremonial monarch, she could have had tremendous influence, especially during the first decades of her reign, when the monarchy was an even more revered institution than it is today. Her position was essentially unassailable. Had she taken a position for the survival and progress of British people and Europeans generally, it would have made a gigantic difference in public opinion and the political direction taken by the country. And she also had tremendous resources, which were valued last year at some $28 billion. Small change, perhaps, compared to a mid-level Jew hedge fund operator, but still quite significant. With 
such wealth and such reputation and influence, she was in a position to change things. She had everything. She could have changed history by merely uttering a few good words for the race and standing behind them when the Jewish wailing and onslaught began. But she chose not to do so. She had everything, but she did nothing. Contrast that with Dr. William Pierce, an American with British roots, who founded the National Alliance and the Cosmotheist Church, and whose adult life corresponded roughly to the years of Elizabeth's reign. Dr. Pierce never had more than a middle-class income and position, and for most of his life not even that. He quit his engineering and academic jobs to devote himself to the service of his race. There were years on end he lived on $50 a month and slept on the floor of his office, maintaining no home or apartment for himself. Even at the peak of National Alliance membership, after American dissident voices had spread his message far and wide across the earth, he lived in a modified, single-wide house trailer. He drove old, sometimes barely functional vehicles that were gifted to him by supporters. He wore the same suit and tie for decades. As far as influence was concerned, unlike British monarchs, he started with none. Teaching physics and designing propulsion systems, he was known only to a handful of people. Even at the peak of his colleague George Lincoln Rockwell's fame, after years of devoting his life to his people, his name remained in the background. All the influence, all the reputation, all the greatness he is now known for among a growing elite of white men and women, he created with his mind and his soul and his relentless struggle and labor, struggle and labor that would have killed a lesser man. There were times, even in the middle of his ascent, when almost all of his co-workers had abandoned him. But in every case, he vanquished despair and fear and hardship and carried on. And now his name will live forever among the names of the great thinkers and leaders of our race. He had nothing. But he did everything. Today his life's work continues 20 years after his death in the National Alliance and in the growing intentional white community we have built in Upper East Tennessee, an area once declared an independent state two centuries ago and which, if we do right, can be so again on an even greater scale. The nucleus 
with your and your family's support of a whole new white nation and people. His life's work continues in the revolutionary new religion, cosmotheism, which has the potential to catch fire in the souls of the elite of our race around the world and change the history, not only of our people, but of all life in the universe. He had nothing, but he did everything, everything one man could do. Now we join him in his efforts, which still continue and will continue forever. As we prepare to honor his life and his birth, let us recall his words of almost 50 years ago. Quote, there was a time in the past when virtually all racially conscious, decent white Americans were conservatives or right-wingers, and all radicals and revolutionaries were either Jews or degenerate whites. Gradually, however, the realization has dawned on more and more white Americans that the situation in which our race has gotten itself admits to no conservative remedy. A correct assessment of the implications of the biological time bomb which the enemy has built in America is beginning to be made. Former right-wingers are beginning to understand that the growing non-white army of occupation in America, now 40 millions strong, cannot be made to go away by writing any number of letters to their congressmen or by passing any constitutional amendment, or by undertaking any other sort of reform. It is a biological problem, and it requires a biological solution. There is no other way. Willingness to recognize the necessity of revolution as opposed to reform is only the first part of the change in attitude we have been working to bring about. It is far easier to tear down an old decayed structure than it is to erect a new sound one in its place. What we must do now is infuse our revolution-oriented minority with a new outlook, a new worldview which will not only sustain them on the long and difficult road ahead, but will guide them in the building of a new society and a new world when victory has been won. Otherwise, that victory will not be lasting. This is an important point. One does not simply take a Number of small businessmen, lawyers, housewives, students, farmers, and factory workers convince them that the government in Washington is filled with traitors who need to be hanged and then build a revolutionary army from these people who will proceed to do what needs doing. First, the task facing them is so difficult that extraordinary motivation 
is required. Second, they must have a unifying creed which serves as a guide to proper action in all matters. We have until now concerned ourselves almost exclusively with various practical matters involved in building our army and in fighting the enemy. We have not devoted as much thought as we should to the spiritual side of our struggle. Now we must work harder than ever at the things we have worked at before, but we must also begin making sure that we all know the answers to certain fundamental questions. Among these questions are, why is it necessary that the white race maintain its biological integrity? What is God's will in this matter? What is the proper relationship of the individual to his race and of the white race to the rest of creation? In what way do our lives have an absolute meaning and value? What is the purpose of man's existence? How does the individual attain immortality? What are the basic values on which we want to build a new society? It should be noted that these questions aren't new, but our answers to them are, even though in some cases we may simply be looking at an old answer in a new way. And the integrated whole of which the answers to these questions are parts is the new creed which must sustain and guide us. In the long run, this creed will be more necessary for our victory than anything else. To some, the foregoing may seem an exaggeration. They may say, we know who the enemy is. The only other thing we need to know is how to destroy him. Tell us how and let's get on with it. We don't need any fancy philosophical notions. Such an attitude might be acceptable if we were faced only with a tactical problem, having a reasonably quick and easy solution. But that is not the case. The problem before us is one of enormous depth and complexity, and its ultimate solution will be anything but quick and easy. It is so difficult a problem that few will tackle it, and fewer still continue to grapple with it for long years on end, unless they first have a completely convincing answer to the question. Is it necessary that we attain the goal we have set for ourselves? Is our effort necessary? Are all our sacrifices necessary? Is it necessary for us to prevail over the enemy? That question has been asked in different forms by men of our race through the ages. Previously, it might have been, is it necessary for good to prevail over evil? Or even earlier, is it necessary for the forces of light to prevail over the forces of darkness? But for us, the most general form of the question is, 
Is it necessary that the world continue its evolution toward even higher states of existence? And in view of the clearly demonstrated intentions of the enemy, the specific form of the question which is pertinent to our present struggle becomes, is it necessary that the most highly evolved race of man, the pinnacle of creation, maintain its integrity? that it protect and preserve its unique features and give free rein to its creative urges rather than drown these things in the cesspool of miscegenation? Is it necessary that man continue his climb toward the superman rather than plunge again toward subman? And if we understand the great upward course of evolution of the universe, the eternal process of creation symbolized in our rune, to be the self-manifestation of God, then it is clear that what we are doing is necessary. Our struggle is that part of God which is in us seeking its own self-realization. It is the struggle of the human toward the divine, of manhood toward godhood. In our race, this divine spark, this upward urge, has always been too strong to be denied. In this age of the ascendancy of the powers of darkness, however, the minds of many are confused. The urge is still there, but it has been misdirected. The enemy has blinded most of us to the fact that the inchoate gases of the void, the silent frozen mountain peaks, the rustling trees of the forests, the teeming jellyfish of the oceans, and man are parts of the whole, which is God. God existed before man and will exist after man has surpassed himself. But man is now, for a period, a part of God, of the ever-changing, ever-evolving whole. All the parts of the whole serve God's purpose. But of those parts, only man is capable of a consciousness of that purpose and a willful contribution to that purpose. Once we have freed ourselves from the false teachings of the enemy, once we understand the inequality of all things, the inequality of the races, then the consciousness of our purpose can be restored and the necessity of our struggle becomes apparent. Close quote. He had nothing, but he did everything. 
Today and for several days this week, we will honor the 89th birthday of William Pierce by publishing his works, some of which haven't been seen on National Vanguard since their original publication decades ago, under the overall heading of WLP 89. Be watching for them. And all today and throughout this coming week, we are in the midst of the William L. Pierce Memorial Literature Distribution, which ran from last Sunday through this, the weekend of Dr. Pierce's 11 September birthday, and will run all next week until 18 September. If you haven't started already, get going. Let's get the words of our founder, William Pierce, and the ideas and ideals of the National Alliance into the hands of a hundred thousand new people or more. I want all of you, every National Alliance Radio Network listener, every downloader of this podcast, every reader of my words on nationalvanguard.org to go to natall.com slash flyers. That's N-A-T-A-L-L dot com slash flyers and print out at least one of our several William Pierce flyers and make Ours a name to be reckoned with in your community. Just letting the truth-hungry and too-long-isolated white people of your city know that we are out there fighting will be a great inspiration to them. Let us during this week remember and celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. William Luther Pierce, who would have celebrated his 89th birthday tomorrow by printing and distributing thousands of copies of his works in each of our neighborhoods and by committing ourselves anew to the cause of the National Alliance, of building Dr. Pierce's great and worthy dream of a new consciousness, a new order, a new people, into a reality for all the ages to come. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. 
Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin, just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina's a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. Your home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people, but one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elite's dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. Are you worried about America? Do you fear the power of the Obama brigades to take away your rights? The Obama presidency is the most radical left-wing administration in American history. Our constitutional liberties are in danger. What can you do? Join the Council of Conservative Citizens. For over 20 years, the CFCC has fought for the rights and ideals of the European-American majority. The CFCC has won legal and political battles to protect your heritage and your liberties. The CFCC advocates strong state governments over the power of Washington, D.C. to rule your life. The CFCC believes in an American-first foreign and domestic policy which opposes globalism and one-world government. The CFCC advocates racial integrity as God's natural order. Visit our website today at www.cfcc.org and join fellow European Americans in the fight for our people.